You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and let's break down Coach Fisher's press conference We are going into the bye week. What can we expect moving forward? What were some things said? What were some areas of concern still going into the second half of the SEC season? And more importantly, where does everyone stand now sitting at 3-1? and As always, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast every single day here at LockedOnPodcast.com and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day. Give us a follow there. And secondly, at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So the Aggies did get a big 28-14 win against the Mississippi State Bulldogs this past weekend, and they now are sitting at 3-1 in second place in the SEC West rankings. Now, naturally, their one loss to Alabama is a bit of a concern, but Alabama also did have a struggle game early, eventually pulling away against the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs. So you have to kind of put those things into context overall. And that's exactly what Jimbo Fisher did when he addressed the media earlier this week. Here was his opening thoughts on what the team can expect moving forward and how he thought his team performed against the likes of Mike Leach's air raid system. Evaluating the film, uh, very proud of our team. Played hard, played physical in the game. Uh, won a road game in the SEC, which is always tough. I, I know had some issues going into that place for quite a while from here from A&M, getting a win there. Uh, so it was a very good win. Anytime you can do it, followed up, you know, off a so-called big victory, but it just a win, you know, learning to play with some consistency. Uh, but still a lot of things to fix in all areas, offense, defense, special teams. Nowhere close to the kind of team we need to be. Uh, we're a work in progress. Got to continue to grow, understand how to, how to play situations, play smarter at times, play more physical at times, play with more skill at times. Uh, but evaluating the game, I thought the defense did a great job in the game. Our front was able to create pressure. We were able to get six sacks in the game from either the front guys or simulated pressures and different blitz packages we are with and still leverage the football in the secondary very well. Uh, made every throw contested, tackled well, tackled in groups, missed, didn't miss a lot of tackles, had one on the touchdown drive that, we, that they got that was uh, a missed tackle, one on the touchdown drive that we – that they got that was uh, a missed tackle or two relaxed a second. But I thought overall defense played an outstanding football game. We were able to create two big turnovers, got one back in, their own, in our end zone. Miles made a great play on, and then AP was able to create one and uh, set up a score with a pressure, and they were able to pick it up. And uh, him, Clemens, and uh, Hans, it was, it was Buddy, Buddy and, Han, Buddy and them that, uh, and Michael that created it. And uh, able to, and then, then on offense, every time we were able to get a block, and then we got to block punt in special teams, which is great. But we also had a critical penalty in a couple. Our punt return game was pretty good. Nice, actually dropped one on that same one too. So three penalties and a drop punt, and we got it back up. But we had a couple nice punt returns, gave him some room uh, in that regard. I uh, thought we punted the ball very well, uh, controlled field position, even though it hit a couple. I think two or three of them were around. I think three at the ten yard line, eleven yard line, nine yard line. Did a good job in that regard. So handling those aspects uh, offensively. Played, uh, 
I don't think anybody played well, any group. I don't think the O-line played well. I don't think the running backs played well. I don't think any of them played poorly. As they did, we could have played better in all facets of what we did. Uh, but we capitalized. We're good in red zone, good in short yardage, physical situations, ran the ball well at times, made some big throws. But the thing we did, that we answered up uh, with a big drive uh, after we had the, the turnover on the, on, the, on the bounce play. It was very big to answer back, hit a big second 10, Kellen. And the thing we did, that we answered up uh, with a big drive uh, after we had the, the turnover on the, on, the, on the bounce play. It was very big to answer back, hit a big second 10, Kellen. And Chase hit it and hit a big pass play, but we're able to execute in that drive to answer back. So our competitive nature and things is there, and, and, and we have a lot of room to improve in all three phases and what we're trying to do. And we need to do that this off week. We have to get better. We have to get healthy. And then we have to, again, heal up some bumps and bruises, which you have, nothing nothing major. And then we got to get better this week so we can get down this run and, and play each game one game at a time. We have to take them one at a time because that's the kind of football team we are. We've, we've started to have some success because we've ignored what people say, what they do, how they do it. Don't worry about the scoreboard. Win your space. Play physical. Play tough. And that's what we got to do each and every week this week and, and uh, from here on out and starting uh, in two weeks with Arkansas. In the history of Starkville versus College Station, both teams now enter at 6-6 six and six on the year, but you really have to go back to think about how long it's been since A&M's gotten a win in Starkville, Mississippi. That was in their very first season in the SEC in 2012 when they won 38-13. to Since then, in 2014, they lost 48-31, to they lost 35-28, to and they've also lost 28-13. to So to get this win in a place, one, that's known defensively as a great unit, I'm not sure how that's going to be in the Mike Leach system, in the Mike Leach era, but as long as Dan Mullen was there, and he was there for pretty much the entire time A&M has been consistent in the SEC, they have... Always been a great defensive team. And you look at the names that have come out. Jeffrey Simmons, Willie Gay, Bernardrick McKinney, Darius Slay, uh, uh, Montez Sweat, Fletcher Cox. They're a defensive-minded team. So to be able to go in and get big-time points is a huge deal for this Aggie program. But again, the one thing that you have to take away in, in that very brief three-minute intro, by the way, they are a lot longer. Most of you guys don't understand how long Jimbo Fisher can ramble on in his opening monologue, which naturally any head coach will, but you think about it for a quick second. That was very short, and he got right to the point. Win's a win. We're not better. We still have so many problems we have to endure, we have to face, to figure out going each and every week. And that's what this bye week is all about. And that's exactly what he said. Get the bumps and the bruises out of the way. Make sure that when we play, we play at a high level. Because of when you think about the stat line, you have over 150 rushing yards from Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller combined. Once again, Spiller has another 100-yard game. That's not good enough. It's not because it's not good enough. It's because of when you capitalize. you got to remember that drive that AM had where they were able to go down and score that first touchdown with the likes of Spiller. I mean, that was a 15-16 play drive, and 14 of those plays were on the ground. So I think that that's exactly what you're looking for, but you need to see that consistent level. They have that, and they run down the clock, and they eat up time, and then they have a three and out the next drive. Kellen Mond still having some struggles at quarterback. I mean, he didn't even throw for 200 yards again. Another sub-200 yard game. I can't blame him for the interception because if that was just a freak play. You can blame where the throw went, but you can't say, oh, yeah, you know what? He he 
definitely should have been that interception. That was just a great play by the defensive back and the other defensive and the defensive end. I'm, again, I'm blanking on his name. Right place, right time. That sometimes just happens. And unfortunately, that was AM's case. They were able to get a, a score off of it. However, the one thing I will say is when you get six sacks in a game, six sacks and two turnovers, and you capitalize on one of them, that's a good outing by the defense. So I'm not going to sit here and belittle the defense. Don't get me wrong, there's definitely areas of improvement you want to see moving forward, but this was one of their better outings. 14 points against the offense that at one point put up near 600 plus yards just through the air on LSU. That says more, I think, in a positive light about AM's defense than it does about their negativity of not capitalizing on two or three drives that could have ended where in a three and out instead of ending in a seven yard, a seven play drive. That's the only difference I can really say. Speaking of differences, what is the difference about you changing an auto part or someone else doing it? Money. You have to pay that extra service fee. That's why if you can, I always recommend to go visit rockauto.com. rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections based off model, size, and color for any one of your service needs. I can tell you right now, I've changed out multiple lights in the front of my car just by going on to rockauto.com, having the part delivered to my place, and installing it myself for a fraction of the price. Then again, every person's different, but you can always have someone else like your buddy Dave install it, and you just pay the fee. Go visit rockauto.com and use and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. So let's just talk about this for a second. Big 10 football returns this upcoming weekend, and the biggest news of that is we have most of the Power 5 conferences back. But do you ever feel like you're always on the go, or you just need a moment to chill? How do you reset your button when everything kind of gets a little out of hand? There's only one beer that I think can really help make you chill, and that's Coors Light. Now, watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time, and to excuse to chill for a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any college football game just to be able to drink a beer. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged literally to make you chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rocky Mountains themselves, perfect for any moment to unwind. Coors Light is the beer I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit that reset button, reach for a beer that's actually made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look package by going to getcoorslight.com. Every Saturday should be enjoyed by the average college football fan. And doing so, you go out and get yourself a beer made to chill. Coors Light, cold as the Rocky Mountains themselves. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts running your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league this season. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because every single day is a Locked On Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. 
A&M gets another big time win, but the biggest storyline, of course, is going to be this bye week. Are there going to be anything to look out for? And Jimbo Fisher, of course, addressed that. To me, as I said earlier, the biggest thing that I looked at was just overall consistencies of play. And the defensive line has been, in my opinion, the most consistent. Don't get me wrong, they've had a couple of miscues here and there, but overall, they've done their part. And because of that, they're now one of the better units in the SEC as a whole. And Fisher did address that. I mean, you know, whether it's pressure, run stopping, and, and like I said, that's one of the things we, we've been trying to work on is quarterback pressures, pressuring the quarterback and pass rush. And now we had four sacks going in and got six in the game. So hopefully we can build on that and continue to find different ways. And it was also linebackers and safeties blitzing too, but the packages in which we can enhance to create pressures. But our, our, our defensive line is, like I say, it, it, it can be a very good strength for our football team. Looking at the defensive line just in general, I mean, six total sacks in one game. Going into the game, Michael Clemens had three of the four. In this game, he added more to it. I think he now has five on the year. But six total sacks. That says just as much about the production of AM's defensive front as it does about the weaknesses in Mississippi State's offensive line. And the fact that you're able to send safety such as Damani Richardson, such as Leon O'Neal, such as I would even go with guys like Bobby, uh, Buddy Johnson or Aaron Hansford. He got in the backfield one time. He got a sack. Jaden Peavy, who was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week with his big outing. You're getting pressure from McKinley Jackson. You're getting pressure from Bobby Brown, who is expected to come back and play healthy once again this upcoming week. All of those things factor in to the biggest point of being a defense, pressuring the quarterback. More pressure you put on a quarterback, the better of a chance you have to cause a turnover. Now, a turnover can be multiple different things. It could be three and out. That's a turnover. The ball's coming back to you. A fumble. That's a turnover. You get the ball immediately. An interception due to poor coverage. Turnover. Winning the turnover battle sometimes gives you the most advantage than anything else in a game. And it starts up front. People all the time always go, well, why is a defensive lineman so important? Because if they allow linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks to do their job because they're pushing back 300-pound men into their quarterback to where he feels like he must scramble to stay alive. And what really helps is when you have a dual threat option on that defensive line. And there, there you have it. It was a guy who I said was going to be the biggest breakout player from last year's class. It was a guy who's really played well. And that's DeMarvin Leal. I mean, because DeMarvin's got the ability to go in or out. And, you know, he's got, you know, he's athletic. He, he, he's, he has the size for the inside guys, but the athleticism for the outside guys. He's a very unique player. And I think in today's football, a very, will be a very productive player for a long time. Um, guys are outstanding, have great football mind. McKinley the same way. Here's the thing about both of those. One thing common about both of those guys, they love ball. And when I say love ball, I say, well, everybody loves ball. No, you don't. Some guys like playing ball or playing in the game. Some guys like to lift weights. Some guys like to run. Some guys like to practice. They like to watch film. Those guys like everything that goes with ball. That's why they play good. The God's blessed them with a great bit of talent, and they utilize it, but they love all the things that go with ball, which today isn't always uh, – you know, and, and there always was. A lot of guys have been that way for you, I say today, but for years, I always say my generation, me and, me, me and my players, everything, yeah, coach, your generation. You know what I mean? You're, I say your generation. But, you know, it, it, it's always like, how many guys truly love everything that goes with it? Both those guys do. They're both very talented. They're both gifted, and Lord, stay, Lord willing, they stay healthy. They can play this game a long time. Very pleased with both of them.
Defensive lines talks championships, in my opinion. And Leal, once again, this was a guy who was the top recruit for the 2018. Yeah, it's 2018 recruiting class. 19 recruiting class. God, I'm all over the place. 19 recruiting class. They're good. McKinley Jackson, a four-star, who at the very last moment decided to go, I'm going to go to AM. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to play on a defensive line to where I have the potential to be something special. And he's doing a good job. Multi-tooled players on areas that usually you have certain guys, and more so on the defensive line. You have your run stoppers. You have your pass rushers. You have your third down efficient players. To have a guy who can do it all, which is what DeMarvin Leal really has done to this point, is pretty dang special. Now, we can't end the show without talking about the offense, and Jimbo Fisher did bring that up, so don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down his thoughts on that in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, and listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So again, the defense to me was the stellar outing. And I'm always going to think that defense wins you championships. Maybe it's because I played defense when I was in my playing days. Maybe it's because of I think that defense has more to do with setting up an offense for success. Because whenever you have a shootout, you have to rely so much on your offense to carry the weight. But if an offense can score consistently and another defense can make consistent stops, that makes you the best team in the country, in my opinion. That's why when I said on yesterday's show, I think Clemson right now is the best team in the country. It's not because of, I think that they really are because they play in the ACC, but their defense is doing their part. They're making consistent stops. I think I went back and I looked it up. It was nine three and outs for this team. Nine for Georgia Tech. You don't get nine three and outs. Never. And then you allow your offense to score in four plays. That's why you win 73-7. to seven. And maybe A&M could do that, but it starts on offense. Now, again, Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith are a one-two combination that honestly could go back to when you heard Smith talking about this in early September about them being the top SEC running back duo. He may have been onto something because right now, if you look stat for stat, they are. They have the most rushing yards combined between a 1-2 and two running back in the SEC at this point. Very close to Najee Harris and Brian Robinson from Alabama. But they're number one and number two. You can't always rely on that. There's going to be games where the run defense is so powerful, you need your wide receivers to step up. And unfortunately, it's a very young core. Demond Demas is a freshman. You have Chase Lane, who's a sophomore. You have Jalen Preston, a sophomore. You have Cam Brown, a junior, who barely saw any snaps last year. So it's a very young core. And Jimbo Fisher did address about how even in a good game where Chase Lane broke out, was able to get a big-time touchdown, there's still definitely areas for improvement. Look at what we're doing. we got to get better. Still a lot of room, lots of room for improvement. But they're learning to make plays. They're talented. they got ball skills. They can run. And they're learning, you know, receiver, you got to understand, we only see him when the ball is in our hand. What do you play, 85 90% of what a receiver does when nobody when the ball's not in his hand? And that's even guys that catch five balls a game, six balls a game. 
and you play 70 plays in a game, 80 plays in a game. How they play, how they open up routes, how they run, the speed in which they run routes, all those things. I mean, there's still tons of work to do in there. They have the ability, but we got to get better at, at, at that position and every position and to go where we need to go. I think overall, that's a big point. Because if you can say in one hand, oh, well, he dropped a pass. Yeah, but he also made a big-time block that gave us a 20-yard gain. Oh, well, he, you know, he missed a route. Yeah, he may have missed a route, but was that on him or was that on the quarterback not signaling, hey, we actually are switching it, go run an out instead of an in? Hey, he missed a pass. Well, you know what? He also made a key contribution six plays earlier where we got the touchdown. A wide receiver is only considered as good as their hands, and usually you have to think about this, they catch five balls a game, how many times are they targeted? I mean, if you're five for five, you miss a key block, and you have a touchdown, it's an okay day. If you make one catch, but you make consistent blocks on the outside to allow your run game to be effective, to allow your quarterback time, especially if he's in the open field, and you protect your other players, you may have just as good as a game, even though the stat line is nowhere near that close. A guy like Jalen Preston, who hasn't really come on yet to me as a wide receiver, quote-unquote, has done a decent job blocking. He's also done a good job as a tailgater. And what I mean by that is he allows people to come to his party, which opens up as a kind of a spiral for a guy like Chase Lane to score a touchdown. All those things factor in to what you look for in a wide receiver. That's where you have to build. So I think personally, yes, there is definitely room for improvement. But Chase Lane played a very big role in this game on Saturday. I think that he deserves to at least kind of celebrate a little bit. But this next week is going to be a big, big, big week for these wide receivers. I want to see this wide receiver core take that next step because of, again, you have some really good pieces. And maybe I was a little too nice saying, oh, 2020 is the year where AM figures it all out. Maybe not because it's Kellen Mond in their center. And you know what? People at this point have a right to kind of be a little upset with Kellen Mond's play. But you look at the talent that's around that team. On the offensive line. So many good depth pieces that if they develop well in a year, they're going to be one of the most feared offensive lines in the nation. You look at the wide receiver core. All right, well, this past year, they were going to have to have somebody kind of step up. Now everyone's really stepping up. So imagine if everyone continues to develop and continues to step up and continues to be that same mentality of a player. You have three to five wide receivers that easily could finish with 600, 700 yards in the year and five touchdowns. Then you have a tight end in Jalen Weidemeyer who's going to have at least another year of eligibility. Baylor Cup, if he still is healthy and can perform at the level we knew he could at high school, adds you another weapon. I think that Blake Smith, the three-star tight end coming out of South Lake Carroll, is very underrated and can play Jay Sternberger's role very well as a flex option. You still have some very good pieces on defense. So maybe your quarterback in Haynes King is the thing that's missing this year. 9-1, and one, very strong possibility. 12 and 0 in 2021. Very strong possibility if everything continues to develop the way under Jimbo Fisher. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast every single day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Tomorrow, 
Let's review my picks for what I said was going to happen this season and view how AM will figure it out in the second half in their final six games. We will see you then, and remember, take them y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.